It's the Happy Families Podcast. It's the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. I want to encourage every parent to explicitly make sure that they say to their children, you have a voice, you have preferences, and this is your chance to be heard. And now here's the stars of our show... My mum and dad. Hello, this is Dr. Justin Coulson. I'm the founder of happyfamilies.com.au and the host of Australia's number one podcast for parenting and family. It's called the Happy Families Podcast. It's where you are right now and we're so glad that you've chosen to have a listen. And thanks. Thanks so much for being a part of what we do here. I'm here with Kylie. Hi, Kylie. (laughs) Say it. Come on, say hello. Hello. (laughs) You look at me like I'm a weirdo because we've said hello to each other like 7,000 times today. We've been together, but no, no one else has seen you. Uh, Kylie's my wife, for those of you who are new to the podcast and also mum to our six kids and podcast co-host extraordinaire. Um, Kylie, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but we move into our new house. We get out of the Airbnb and finally get into our house. Do you know how many days it is? I'm counting. I am not. 17 days. (laughs) 17 days. Until we finally get into our new home. Hey, uh, today we've got a listener question. How do you support kids? This one comes from Lydia, by the way. How do you support kids to be more assertive with their peers? Lydia has highlighted that in a recent uh, Q&A that I did for our Happy Families Premium members. So if you're a Happy Families member, a premium member, every month, in fact, often every fortnight if I can squeeze it in, we have an hour-long Q&A on Zoom where people can ask whatever questions they want to ask and I'll do my best to give everyone the very best parenting hacks and shortcuts and tips to get their parenting in the place that they want, like a, a shortcut to, to, to get on track. And, uh, and, and Lydia said, I want, I want to help my kids to be more assertive with their peers. You spoke about kids saying no the other week, like teaching them to stand up for themselves and say no when everyone's saying yes. But I have the opposite problem. My five-year-old is very compliant and likes to please people which is not something that we've encouraged. I think it's just innately the way he is because his sister is the complete opposite. This means that he doesn't speak up for what he wants or what he doesn't like with kids at school and be his own person. How do we help him? Don't you love that question? I think that, like most things, it starts at home. Yeah. You know, she's acknowledged she's got two children who are completely different. Right. This is part of who he is. His nature is to please people. But... There's this powerful opportunity that we have as parents to help our children find their voice. Mm, mm. And if if they can't find it at home, then they will never find it outside. It's so important to highlight, though, what you've just shared. And that is that, and, and Lydia's pointed it out as well, two kids, completely different approaches to life. There are some kids who are happy to just go along with whatever. And other children who have this temperament that is really assertive, really willing to say, I have a problem with this and I don't want to do that. So, and, and we've watched it even in our own family. We've got six children and some of them are very, very clear on what they want and others are like, yeah, I'm pretty cruisy. I'll go along with just about anything. But it's also worth highlighting here. We are talking about a five-year-old. We're only talking about a little kid. And so I, I would like to start by just talking about the idea of identity and development because Lydia has said, how do I help him to be his own person and it's true that innately some people just are independent thinkers but in terms of becoming your own person can I ask you Kylie how old were you when you finally felt like you were your own person I think if I'm being completely honest I think I'm only just starting to get there yeah yeah like literally I'm almost 45 and I feel like I'm finally feeling comfortable in my own skin 
I kind of look at being your own person as being humble enough and willing to be open to take counsel, advice and ideas from other people, but also not being worried about how other people ultimately choose to respond to your decisions. Mm-hmm. And I reckon I was about 40. I mean, I'd written books and I'd been on the TV and I'd, I'd, I'd done all of these things that would make it look like I was very much knowing who I was and what I was about. But I feel like I was about 40 and, and you're saying mid 40s. I, I, in fact, I distinctly remember in my late 30s or early 40s, finally being at a point where I was like, I, I love my parents but I no longer care what they think about the decisions that I'm making for my life. I don't feel like I need to check in with them. I know some people are there when they're 16. Some people are there when they're 24. But for me, that's where I was. So I know that Lydia is not saying until he's got his identity fully established, but it's worth highlighting the push to help our children to be their own person shouldn't come too fast and shouldn't come too strong. In fact, there's something really beautiful about having them continue to be a little bit dependent a little bit wanting to connect more and understand more and be close more to you and to their peers. Well, I also think there's there's two sides to every quality that, that we can see the negative right. to a quality, but there's also positives. I like the way you said that. And, and so often we see what we would consider weaker qualities to be negative. Right. There is so much good comes out of some of those more weak soft qualities um, in life, if everybody was so brash and harsh and, yeah. you know, so dominating. Assertive and yeah, yeah, aggressive even, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we just, we miss out on some beautiful tender moments. Yeah. The only time that this becomes a real problem is when our children are getting pushed into doing things they don't want to do. Right. There is nothing wrong with a child who's just really cruisy and happy to go along with everybody else as long as what's happening is appropriate. Yep. It becomes a problem when the child then finds themselves in a situation they can't get out of because they don't know how. Yeah, really nicely said. So right after the break, we're going to share a couple of ideas that we have that could help you if you want to make sure that your child, even if they're a cruisy, easy to get along with child who is quite happy to go with the flow, how they can actually say no or say yes at the times that are appropriate to make sure that they are assertive and look after their own needs when it needs to be done. Imagine a relationship where you felt seen, heard and valued. One where as your partner enters the front door, they see you and their eyes light up. A relationship like that is a gift. If you don't have it now, you can. The Happy Families webinar, Better Together, gives you the insight, tools, and support you need to have a happier relationship. Available now at the Happy Families webshop. It's the Happy Families podcast, the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. This is such an interesting conversation we're having. We've got two kids, totally different. Mm. You know, we've got this very assertive, very confident child. Big sister. Living in the same home, parented the same way. And then we've got a we've got a little boy who is just so readily compliant yeah, yeah. and happy and, to go along and easily swayed, and will follow the other kids down the garden path to places that maybe he shouldn't go. <laughs> when when you look online and have a look at all the blogs and all the articles written by all of the experts about assertiveness training, uh, the the typical thing that assertiveness training teaches is this thing called an I message. So, so you're supposed to talk to your kids about boundaries. You're supposed to talk to them about what's right and wrong and what they feel good about and what they don't. 
feel good about. You're supposed to talk to them about the power of saying no. And I think that that's really important. That's part of what we need to do explicitly and in our modeling at home. But the central element of most assertiveness training, both in business, in schools, and uh, in parenting, the central element is what they call the I message. You've probably heard the I message. The I message is, I feel, and then you insert your emotion, I feel upset, or I feel bullied, or I feel frustrated or sad when you, and then you say what they're doing. I feel this when you do that. Instead, I want you to do this, or instead, I would prefer to do this. It's like saying, I feel angry when you tell me that I can't play, and I want you to let me join in. But no matter how many times you repeat that sentence, and no matter how hard you try to drill that to a five-year-old, get them to practice and role-play that sentence over and over and over again, it's never never going to feel natural, especially to a kid. And I think that it's actually kind of unrealistic to expect that a child is going to use sentences like that because they're already not assertive. Teaching them to use those sentences, it's it's never going to feel natural. It's not going to be authentic. They probably won't have the confidence to do it. I don't think that it's actually a helpful thing to do as a general rule. Um, well, and how many children stop in their tracks when that happens and says, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for telling me that that's how you feel. Why don't you come and join in after all? That's not what five-year-olds do, folks. So I, I just think let's move away from the standard assertiveness training. It's, it's, it's like 1980s psychology, quite frankly, and we can do better. And that's what we need to talk about for the next couple of minutes. This is for parents who want answers on this. Well, it's interesting. We've, you know, you asked me the question, when did I start feeling like I came into my own person? And, you know, the answer is only really recently feeling really comfortable and competent in being able to share how I feel about things without making it about other people. This right. is actually my experience. This is what I'm experiencing. And while the things that you are doing may evoke emotion in me, at the end of the day, it's my response. And so kind of trying to work through that. And so when I think back to growing up and even our early marriage, recognizing that I felt I didn't feel confident to use my voice and I'm seeing it with my kids. That's what I wanted to say. I'm so glad you said that. And so when I ask our children something now and they say, I don't know, or I don't care, I will actually stop and say, I don't accept that answer. I really want you to tell me what it is that you want. Mum, mum, I don't care. You can buy whatever, you know, you, you choose. Just surprise me. It's like there's one thing, there's, there's, there's this beautiful notion of surprise, but this isn't a surprise thing because you know what I'm doing. So I want you to have an opinion. So it's okay to not have an opinion about a whole lot of things. It's okay to go out for dinner and say, you know what, let's just have whatever we have. And I'm not bothered at all. You choose. It's fine. But what's important is that voices are brought to the fore. Now, if somebody can honestly say, I don't have an opinion on this, it's not important enough for me to have an opinion, then that's great. Let it go. But I I want to encourage every parent to explicitly make sure that they say to their children, you have a voice. Like, use that sentence. You have a voice. You have preferences. And this is your chance to be heard. In fact, you should always be allowed to use your voice. This is This is when children learn how to say no. This is when children learn how to say yes and how to express themselves. And the only, I I think the only way that we can bring this out, especially if it doesn't come naturally to a child, is to actively and expressly encourage it at home and then talk about how when they're at school or with their friends, if we're seeing this happen, we want to ask them, how does it feel to not have a voice? 
would it be better or worse to have a voice and in what and in what contexts in what situations sometimes it can be hard for them to see it when it's happening to them and I found often it's more powerful when they can actually see it happening to someone else. You know, the girls will come home often and tell me about things that have happened in the playground where a child's been, you know, bullied or mistreated or um, been left out. And asking them how it made them feel and, and watching that unfold before them instead of them actually living through it sometimes helps significantly. So the last thing that I think we should mention is that if we want our children to be assertive, they need to know that there's a point to it, that somebody will listen, that somebody will be responsive. And so in our home, when our children are expressing themselves, it's important for us to not dismiss their emotions and it's important for us to not disapprove of their emotions, but rather to accept their emotional state and go deeper, get curious, not furious. So if a child's having a hard time and they do start to express themselves, this isn't the time for us to say, stop it, be quiet, calm down, go to your room, because what we do is we teach them not to assert their emotions. What we need to do instead is we need to move into that emotion and say, wow, you're feeling really upset about this, tell me more. It's that active encouragement of them expressing where they are that will help our children to be assertive. So, Lydia, I hope that's helpful, uh, and I hope that you've enjoyed the conversation. Maybe we can help more kids to be assertive in healthy, authentic ways that really builds their sense of value and worth. The Happy Families podcast is produced by Justin Rulon from Bridge Media. Craig Bruce is our executive producer. Hey, tomorrow on the podcast, Kylie, uh, you won't be with me. In fact, for the next couple of days, you're not going to be with me because we are replaying an interview that I did on Instagram a little over a month ago with somebody that I think is probably the world's best psychologist. I'm just going to say it. She's absolutely brilliant when it comes to kids, teens. Her name is Dr. Lisa Damore. You can read all of her stuff in the New York Times. She's got a couple of New York Times best-selling books. And we had a conversation on Instagram a couple of weeks ago about vaping. It was a, I think, a, a valuable, valuable conversation. And so we're going to replay an edited version of that conversation tomorrow because when you've got kids in grade four, grade five, grade six and onwards through high school who are nicking off to the toilets and vaping or scooting down to the park and vaping and we know how dangerous it is, well, this is the conversation we need to have. So that's tomorrow with Dr. Lisa Damore. We're talking about vaping. If you'd like more info about making your family happier, you can find it all at happyfamilies.com.au. 